Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. My name is Danielle Carter and I am new here to Cisco Champion Radio and will be the moderator for this episode. I would like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. If you have thoughts or comments on what we should cover in a future episode, let us know. Talk with us on Twitter at Cisco Champion. And just a heads up, before we get into our scheduled programming, the Cisco Insider Champion program is now accepting applications through February. So if you are interested in becoming a member and joining this amazing community, apply today. You can find the link in the show notes below. All right. Today we're going to learn more about the new Terraform library for ACI and Nexus as code, discuss the use cases and do's and don'ts. We have our champions here to guide the conversation and two of our best experts to share their knowledge. So let's get into the introductions. Michael, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hey everybody, I'm uh, Mike van Klee. I'm a technical consultant at a uh, big VAR in the Netherlands. Uh, I specialize in ACI and uh, SDA, intent-based networking in Cisco Lingo. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Dutch. I think I already mentioned that I live near Amsterdam. So uh, I'll probably see you all at Cisco Live. Yay, we're very excited. Um, Liam, you're up next. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name's Liam Keegan. I run the US operations for 24-7 Networks Rio Bravo. I'm a longtime CCIE. I've done a lot of ACI automation, not with Terraform, but I'm very interested in talking about today's topic because of uh, learning, learning what that can do. So thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. Micheline, you're up next. Hi. Good morning. Good day, everybody. My name's Micheline Murphy. Uh, I am a consulting engineer at a large bar in the United States. Uh, and uh, I also uh, have a soft spot in my heart for Cisco ACI. Uh, in my previous role, I was an implementation engineer specializing in ACI builds uh, from design all the way up to implement and troubleshoot. And I am excited to talk about Terraform. We're excited to have you here. Uh, last but not least, Jan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Jian Zhou. I'm the uh, principal network architect with uh, PK Technologies. We are a Cisco reseller. I'm leading the um, pre-sales and the post-sales um, practice for, uh, for our company. And uh, I have uh, experience with uh, routing and switching, security and data center. And I'm very interested in the Cisco ACI topics. Great, thank you for joining us. Rob and Jim, we really appreciate you taking the time out and being here with us today. Can you tell us who you are and what you do at Cisco? All right, I'll get started. So my name is Rob van der Kind, uh, based in the Netherlands, actually close to Amsterdam as well, Michael. So we'll, we'll see each other for sure at Cisco Live. Uh, I'm a technical marketing engineer in the uh, team responsible for ACI and Nexus. Uh, and part of my focus in that team is automation. Uh, and for that reason, I've spent quite a bit of time uh, with Nexus's code. Uh, so happy to be here, happy, happy to uh, you know, discuss. Hey folks, thanks, Daniel. My name is Jim Mathers. Uh, I will also see everyone at Cisco Live in Amsterdam, so looking forward to that. I'm a product manager for the core ACI platform at Cisco. I also manage our partnerships with HashiCorp uh, for our Terraform integrations and Red Hat for our Ansible integrations. 
Um, as a part of my day-to-day -day job, I look at go-to-market strategies for ACI. How do we position ACI against other network fabrics? And really, how do we build on the strengths of ACI from an automation perspective to get uh, network operations teams um, through their automation journey to, to true infrastructure as code uh, down the road? So it's great to be here. And again, looking forward to seeing everybody in uh, Amsterdam. Great. All right. So before we get into the nitty gritty of this discussion, Rob or Jim, can you give us a little bit of background on today's topic? Sure. Um, so ACI is a network fabric that comes out of the box with an automation, a foundational automation pillar. And when I, when you look at ACI, I think of it two ways. I think of day zero automation, which is new install automation or things that ACI can do out of the box. Things like automation of the underlay, automation of the leaf switch provisioning, automation of various parts of the overlay so that customers do not have to make hundreds of micro decisions before they start to build their fabrics. Um, ACI is also uniquely positioned with its API, meaning for day one and day two automation tasks, instead of using a traditional GUI or a CLI, we're trying to really move our customer base into this infrastructure as code model and into a programmatic way of configuring ACI. Finally, I will set the table by saying we also are starting to see customers tell us that they are consuming ACI in a cloud-like fashion, meaning for customers that are uh, that use Azure or AWS or GCP, almost all of that configuration work is done with an API and a configuration provisioning tool. ACI as an on-prem fabric can really be positioned the same way for two reasons. The first is that ACI has a cloud-like object model. And the second is that ACI supports a Terraform provider that is supported by Cisco that allows it to be consumed. I like to think of it as the on-premise anchor and a hybrid cloud network deployment. And again, that is not my, that's not my copy. That, that's what customers are telling me uh, who I talk to every day using ACI as this notion of an on-prem um, anchor and a hybrid cloud model. So th that's where we see ACI from a strategic and a market positioning perspective. Um, Rob, what do you think? Uh, what do you think you can add to that? No, it makes sense. Uh, and it's actually a nice introduction in the, uh, in the topic. Um, and uh, Michael has actually brought us here together um, to talk about a, a new project that we've launched on DevNet called Nexus S Code. Um, perhaps you want to add a few words on you know, why we're together talking about this, Michael. Yeah, definitely. So I, I'm a uh, consultant and engineer, and I do a lot of ACI, like I said in the introduction. What I do is I design and implement ACI for different customers, and afterwards I help them operate ACI. Uh, and I've seen over the years uh, very uh, many different automation options. Uh, we already heard about Ansible. Uh, we also have just regular APIs and stuff. And two months ago, I was at the partner virtual team where you, Rob, did a introduction of the Nexus's code um, tooling uh, that you guys created. And I was immediate, immediately taken with it because it looked awesome uh, and I got the uh, the opportunity very quickly to use the tooling in a uh, deployment of a new fabric for a customer of ours where we had to deploy a, uh, a tad under 40 switches uh, with uh, uh, more than 100 EPGs, uh, static ports, etc, etc. Everybody who's ever done ACI and tried to do that using the GUI knows that 
that will take you over a week of just clicking. That's why we always used automation uh, using Ansible or uh, Python scripting. But um, I saw the elegance of the Nexus's code solution with the Terraform. I immediately loved it. I wanted to use it and I want everybody to be able to, uh, to use it as well. Um, so that's also my, my first question. What did, why did you create this? What was the reasoning why you created uh, uh, the uh, Nexus's code platform? And why did you do it uh, as it is? Because it's, it's very elegant and, and uh, well, maybe you should first tell what the elegance is actually. <laughs> I'll, I'll start there, Michael. I mean, it, you know, it's always good to hear that someone puts something to practice and, you know, get experience. So that's, that's lovely to hear. Um, so as, as Jim said, right, the, the strategy from an infrastructure as code perspective is to empower everyone, um, you know, around data center networking automation, right? So there is, you know, Ansible collections, there is a Terraform provider. If we looked at, you know, the number of downloads, it's massive, right? There's so much content out there. Yet we found that a large number of customers and partners are still struggling with automating their networking infrastructure, right? And what we thought is, is there no better way to kind of empower those people as well to start automating networking infrastructure and reap some of the benefits offered by automating, you know, frequent changes, you know, lowering the risk, uh, you know, increasing agility. And uh, what came out of that was Nexus S code. Uh, so for, you know, those that are listening, you can, you can take a look at cisco.com slash go slash Nexus, Nexus code. And, uh, it offers everything that you need to know. Some of the things we're going to cover, uh, during this, uh, during this podcast as well. And what it is, is, you know, it's, it's an approach to make automation more accessible for those that prefer automating through an inventory driven approach. And it does that making use of Terraform modules that you don't need to interact with as the user, right? They're, they're given to you as is. And the idea is that you're, as soon as you're familiar with ACI, so with the controller that comes with that solution, you will have enough knowledge to start automating using, uh, uh, using Nexus S code. So that's where it comes from. And, and Michael, let me add to that. I think really the main vision for Nexus S code was simplification. And that's from two perspectives. So. Uh, as a marketing team and a, and a strategy team, we want ACI to be consumed programmatically because we believe it's the most efficient way to achieve business outcomes. We also understand that in networking teams, there is not yet a pervasive culture of automation. And to, to take uh, someone who's been configuring networks for 20 years and ask them to build a programmatic foundation for for infrastructure as code, there's a ton of decisions they might need to make. Do I have to learn Python? Do I really have to learn how to tickle the API? Do I have to learn Ruby? So, and if you look at a Terraform or Ansible, they are abstracting away all of the programming complexities. So we first wanna champion those because we wanna, the message we wanna give to the networking community is that you don't really have to learn Python in depth to be able to be a programmatic network engineer. Terraform and Ansible are already abstracting those things for you. And then if you look on top of that, Nexus's code then further abstracts those to make the ACI consumption model 
simpler from a use case perspective that network and traditional network engineers are used to. So we sort of saw it as a win-win-win. This is how we want ACI to be configured. This is how we can give network engineers an easier path to programmability. And then this is how, with the work that Rob did with Nexus's code, this is how we can abstract those to a data input model that really simplifies how we build these networks. So I'm going to hop in here real quick and, excuse me, Jim and uh, Rob, and ask a foundational question, because I want to draw this uh, back to kind of the beginning. So as, uh, as an implementation engineer, a lot of my implementations were with customers for whom they saw all of the cool things that ACI could do, and they wanted some of that. Uh, but this is their first trip down or their first steps down the ACI journey uh, down the road. And so, you know, uh, being able to jump over that 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 skill hoop to learn ACI and then also learn you know Python uh, or Postman or Ansible or all three of them was sometimes a really hard ask. Could you talk to us a little bit about how Terraform makes that hurdle easier? I tell you what, Rob, I will start. I will give a quick 20 seconds because I, I, I think the technical side of that is going to be very important as well. But but really, we look at Terra and thanks, Micheline, for the question. We we look at Terraform as a way to make the journey from not knowing anything about programming to being able to program an ACI fabric quicker and, and simpler, as opposed to learning Python to be able to interact with the native API. That's number one. Uh, number two, we also look at it from a governance and compliance perspective. It's one thing to have a bunch of individual engineers building their own automation routines. Uh, and, and one might argue that could make uh, <laughs> that could make this problem a little bit worse. But it's another thing to share automation routines that simplify the configuration options and, and really increase business outcomes. So we really look at it from a simplification perspective uh, with Let's get our network engineers from where they are now to a programmability capability quickly. And Terraform does that by abstracting the API of any system, not just ACI, which happens to be built with um, all of its configuration options behind a single API. And if you look at how public clouds are configured, it's really the same way, whether it's Azure, Amazon, or GCP, all the configuration options exist behind a single API. So you have a consolidated approach as to where you touch the system. Yeah, the, the thing I can add there as well is that Terraform is, is very common in the cloud world, right? Because it lets you describe, um, you know, a declarative state, and then it, it makes sure that it picks up those resources that it needs to configure to get to that state, right? And after that, it starts managing the state for you, which are things that don't happen for Ansible, where Ansible is quite procedural. And you see that that is more widely adopted, especially uh, in network engineering. Uh, because that's typically how, you know, users are, 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 are experience or had experience with really, um, configuring switches, right? It's very sequential. It's almost like uh, assembly language where you give instructions to a specific configuration. So it's, it's, it's an abstraction, but it's really, uh, there to, um, you know, follow procedures that you describe in a playbook. Um, and the challenge with that is if you don't have experience with any of these tools, and you want to get started with that network automation journey, you're immediately presented with some of these choices. And you mentioned them uh, nicely, uh, Micheline. It's, there are some areas 
uh, that you immediately need to make choices. You know, am I going to go down this route? Or am I going to do this? How can I later start working on the code with a team? You know, how do I store state centrally? Um, and all these challenges, you know, they arise. And what we did with Nexus Code is kind of give uh, a very prescriptive guide as to this is how you consume it. And these choices are already made for you, right? So that's kind of the uh, the intent here. So Rob, l let's talk about maybe just a simple day one operation that everybody does on an ACI fabric, right? And, and I can think of a couple of things. Number one would be adding one or two, like a pair of, of leafs, right? Or adding an EPG and assigning a static port. Can you talk through a little bit about how sort of what, what that looks like in just sort of native AC, or native ACI interface, either the GUI, and then how does Terraform, if, if people invest in it, how does that make their lives easier? Does that make sense? Just sort of like compare and contrast the two? The idea is that you, you think about what changes you would typically do in the GUI, right? So you would think, uh, you know, creating the EPG, you need the VLAN pool, you need the domain, you need uh, a number of things that compose, you know, the configuration that gets deployed to the individual interface. Now you take those elements together and now you define those as um, uh, an inventory inside the Nexus code, um, you know, inventory file, right? So you describe the same steps. Um, and if you're familiar with how that would work in the GUI, you're able to uh, then draw that in that inventory file and then use that as input to basically use Terraform underneath to generate that configuration. Uh, so you would be working with machine readable uh, definitions. So that's kind of the uh, the core essence of infrastructure's code, which is a YAML folder structure or a YAML file structure uh, where you can um, you know update your configuration and put your changes in. So really, all it would be is 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 you're doing the same thing, but you're looking at it in one place. So you don't have to click on 18 screens. You don't have to go to 74 different places and remember which submenu it's in. You just you 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 write a simple text file that then has that state in it, and then Terraform handles the part about saying, okay, here is my here is my state or here is my EPG name. I want it to be named Rob. It will then take it and put it in into the ACI platform. And then all you do is just manage that one text file, basically. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. So if you look at the file, it's, it's structured like what you would see in the GUI. So you start with your top level APIC construct, then you would have your tenant construct, you would have your access policies, and nested in these menus, you would have you know the different configuration elements. And um, the benefit of, of that text file or inventory driven approach, if you will, is also that you can now group um, configuration elements that belong together in a single file, right? So if you have a slice of infrastructure for like a specific customer or a specific application, you can consolidate these resources in that single text file and manage the life cycle of those services more easily. Yeah, Liam, another way I look at that is the standardization of workflows. I think if, uh, to your example about EPGs, if you, um, if you give five network engineers a task to build an EPG, <laughs> they're all going to get there. You'll, you'll get nine different responses. <laughs> well, well I, I, I once had a network manager tell me, I can always tell which engineer configured the switchboard because they all do it differently. <laughs> so another benefit from Terraform is you take the choice out of the workflow to get to the output. And instead of having five different engineers do it five different ways, which can introduce a lot of risk, you really are codifying that in a central orchestrator by prescribing which elements they need to put in. And so your, your consistency and your uptime and your configuration drift is lessened. So it's more a consistency play as well. 
so quick question in here, because, you know, as I'm envisioning a big text file and, you know, maybe I've got Michael's fabric that's got 40 switches, you know, 40 leaf switches. Is it going to be a text file where I've got a definition for each switch or could I say like 1 through switches 1 through 10 get this configuration and switches 11 through 20 get a different configuration and 19 and 20 are going to be my border leafs and they get a different configuration talk to us a little bit about how this how do you break down this text file uh so that it's more more manageable than than you know hopping around the GUI uh, especially as you get larger and larger fabrics yeah i'll i'll take that one so uh typical engineering answer it depends right so uh, i'm not gonna, i'm not going to leave you with that promise so uh, there is a, a Git repository where we where we have defined something that we think makes sense, right? So from a Cisco perspective, you know, we our professional service organization have done many implementations. Um, you know, what is it that we've learned? You know, which type of configurations are common? You know, what do customers do? And what we've done is we've taken that and and basically provided that in in a Git repository uh, with a structure that will feel very familiar to anyone that has operated with ACI before. So we would suggest, you know, for a tenant, you have a dedicated text file. For a leaf node, you would have a dedicated text file. But that does not mean that that is the structure that you need to follow, right? For example, you know, some customers, uh, they prefer to, um, you know, use a single tenant, but that one tenant may contain a lot of configuration, right? And for that reason, you might want to spread out the configuration, like you said, in multiple different text files. And that, that's what we allow you to do. So what happens is when we push the configuration, we merge the content from all of these text files, and then we come up with the final thing that needs to be pushed and then provision that into the fabric. That, that, that summarizes quite nicely what I um, call the, the elegance of this solution, because you, you actually define in uh, A or, or multiple text files the structure and it's it's not really terraform that you're writing you're writing a like a nested structure so if you have a tenant you you have the the tenant production and underneath that you have application profiles and underneath those application profiles you have your epgs that are, uh, have static ports and it's so um easy to read that's that's uh, that's the whole beauty of this this tool you don't need to have any uh, automation knowledge. As far as I'm aware, uh, you only need to to install Terraform and clone the. Uh, well, you you. I don't even know if you need to clone the repository. Uh, Rob, can you can you tell us how to get started? Actually, uh, sure. So if um, if you go to the DevNet page, uh, so the URL is provided, but it's cisco.com/go/nexus/code. If you go to the ACI section. Um, there are uh, a few links that you can click on. So uh, I suggest to get started with the simple example, and it takes you through a process of deploying a tenant with Nexus code. Right? So you can do this against a simulator, or you can use dCloud, um, but you could even use, you know, if you have a network that you can use, um, you know, it lets you do that as well because you're just creating a tenant. And it kind of takes you through that structure. It explains how you can, you know, change attributes, how you can make common changes, how you can revert changes. So it really gets the user familiar with what it is that we're talking about here. 
Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a good place to start, uh, and it also offers uh, more uh, more comprehensive examples for if you want to take the next step. You know, what if you want to uh, provision an entire fabric, right? So there's also examples for that. On top of that, um, if you want to take it one step further, there's also um, examples of how to work on the code with a team and concepts like CI/CD are being discussed and explained, and how you can optimize that to improve, you know, the quality of your code. Uh, but I'll, I'll just make one final remark on, on what you just said about the, the elegance. Um, and, and just before we started recording this podcast, I got a question from, from a partner that said, well, um, you know, we have two teams in, in this customer that we're, that we're deploying and one is security and one is networking. And, you know, that's a very common thing whereby um, they would really like to use, you know, the new functionality like endpoint security groups to really micro segment their workloads further, really start making use of contracts. But at the same time, some of the EPGs are being managed by the networking team. But with Nexus code, we let you split it, right? We even let you reference the same EPGs. So for example, the networking team could be concerned about, you know, which bridge domains do I use? Which verb do I use? Which IP addressing do I use? While at the same time, the network team or the security team could think about, okay, how do I then, uh, you know, provide secure communication between these different application tiers? And their world would be contracts, right? And that would all be defined in different text files that don't necessarily need to overlap with one another. And, and great conversation, guys. Michael, that question about where to start is such a good one. And, and Rob, Rob did an awesome job of talking about the technical side. And even a uh, sidebar part of where to start is culturally. I think it can be very overwhelming for networking teams that aren't doing any automation today to understand where to start. Um, it can be overwhelming to go from where they are today to a complete infrastructure as code solution where everything, quote unquote, everything is automated. And in my experience talking to customers, that is not probably the best way to do this. And I wanna introduce this concept of transactional automation. The most successful automation journeys I see customers on are those that take the time to identify the pieces of work that are most likely to be able to be automated. And those are the ones with the fewest inputs and the simplest inputs that come into a day one ticketing queue like ServiceNow the most. And the customers that are most successful put a framework around that specific ticket type that specific outcome, they build it and then they share it and they use that as a platform to introducing this culture of automation so that all the team members can see the value. Because until an individual engineer sees the value of doing this, nobody's going to do it. So, I mean, if I were to give any advice based on what I hear from customers, start with something that's easy to automate, introduce the culture, and then build from there. The, the beauty about the ACI platform is that it's truly designed for automation. And way back when I was getting going with ACI, somebody told me, it's something that's really stuck with me. He goes, ACI makes easy tasks hard and hard tasks easy, right? Because you, you, it's, it's, because it's object driven, you have to know what you want at the end of the day, right? At the beginning, it's not like, oh, give me the console cable and a hammer and I will go, you know, beat the Nexus switch into submission. It's like, you know, you really have to think it through. And so because of that, and, and, and I think a lot of that is, is, is driven because, you know, traditionally the, this, this sort of network as code or using these tools is not inherently as familiar to an engineer as, as say ConfT is, right? You just sort of go and start and it's like, you cannot do that with ACI. 
What, what I, in, in my experience, you know, once again, going back to your point, Jim, about just taking a couple of those day one tasks, like the best thing I think you can do is, is the, like the most painful task in ACI, which I think is the interface port selectors, right? Where you have to go add a node and then you have to go interface ETH11, enter, ETH12, enter, ETH13, right? And by using a Terraform, right, what you are, what you can do is like, if you can put, you know, one through 48 in a text file and just copy and paste that 48 times and then take that block and copy it twice and change the node ID, all of a sudden, now you, you can just scale this out to thousands and thousands of ports just by managing this like simple sort of boring text file. And it kind of takes the magic out of it. So to your point, like, I am all about finding like something where, you know, like an easy task, but, but I, my, my, my two cents is like, find the thing that annoys you the most and, and, and really just try and, you know, use the automation hammer to, to, to beat it into submission. Yeah. We, uh, before my uh, role here at Cisco, I was a, an architect, uh, an enterprise IT. And when we embarked on this automation journey, the very first thing we did, and, and this is funny that you said this, we actually looked at metrics from our service now ticketing queue and we found what are the most common tickets? What are the tickets that engineers do not like to do the most? The ones that are quote unquote easy to do, but boring mm -hmm. and even, even prone to many mistakes. Let's choose those. Let's build automation routines around those. Let's choose Terraform or Ansible. In the case of ACI, Terraform would likely be the choice. And then let's codify the inputs. And I think when you get everyone on the same page, seeing the value of that and the time savings, the, the rest is really history. Uh, once you get started, and, and I think getting started is, is certainly the hard part. <laughs> I want to follow up on that topic, right? I have a, uh, when I talk to the customer, uh, talking about automation and orchestration, right? So I, I still have some customer, certain customer base that they still have a traditional data center infrastructure, maybe traditional Nexus, right? So the ACI transition is really the beginning of the automation and the orchestration, right? By changing or upgrading to ACI itself, they already starting using the automation tool and orchestration, right? For example, like, uh, um, uh, Liam uh, bring a really uh, good question about uh, like, is ACI making things uh, easier or harder, right? So every time so when I talk to the customer about ACI, right? Because it's application centric, right? We always talk about application. When we talk about application, there is a, a three-tier application architecture, right? We have a presentation layer, which is the web server, such as uh, Microsoft IIS, uh, Nginx, and Apache, and the application tier, which is Django or uh, Flex, uh, or uh, and the uh, data data tier, which is the database, right? Uh, which uh, such as uh, MySQL and uh, PostgreSQL, right? So uh, in a traditional network, we want to uh, insert a firewall between each of those tiers, right? Which is hard to do, and many applications are designed not considering that there could be something inserted in between of those. We're talking about, well, the firewall be set up as a layer two transparent mode or layer three routing mode, right? But once the customer, once the customer upgrade to ACI, everything is simplified, right? It will be much easier. We just need to place those each tiers of the uh, server into uh, their own EPG. And all we need to do is just define a contract to achieve the desired uh, security control, right? Instead of have to uh, insert a physical or logical firewall in between of the each tier, right? And um, as an implementation engineer, right? I, I have, uh, my background is, uh, is focused on the uh, network engineering side, right? I'm still new to uh, coding. 
I'm not like a guru of coding, but uh, as I starting using like uh, those automation tool more and more, right? I think it's, uh, I used to think that it's very hard to start, right? But once I saw those tools, I saw those script, I saw those like uh, um, working script, right? When I focus on the parameters, and then try to like uh, adjust the parameters to use that script to achieve something. And then I found it's it's not as hard as I expected to uh, start using the automation tools. That's also the great thing about ACI specifically is that there's a simulator, right? I mean, you don't need to have your own fabric. Do, do, do you care to maybe maybe Robert or Jim, can you maybe talk about you know how people can get going you know with ACI Sim and Terraform? Uh, without you know maybe touching their production environments oh yeah so there's a and by the way I, I'll, I'll make one quick remark on, on gene's comment um i think what you're saying makes sense and uh, i've recently run a webinar uh and i i pulled the the audience to understand and, and get a feeling for you know how far is it that they're in their automation journey um and 35 percent. well we're not really doing anything with automation yet because we're not developers Right. And, and, and that's, that's really painful to hear because you don't need to be a developer to your point, Gian. Uh, but it's also, you know, a time issue in many cases whereby, you know, you have all these choices that you need to make to pick a platform and, you know, which tool are you going to use? And, um, you know, there's all these, um, you know, difficulties potentially on that path. So being more prescriptive, we hope that we can address, you know, a, um, a larger number of, of, um, you know, uh, network engineers that, that start embracing automation. Now, to the point of, of Liam, um, the, there is an option to basically test anything you want um, using the uh, ACI simulator. So the ACI simulator uh, is available uh, free of charge if you have access to CCO. Uh, so it's an OVA that you can deploy on your uh, ESXi infrastructure, and then you can test the API. You know, you can use Terraform, Ansible, any automation that you want to have. You can use Postman. Uh, and you can simulate, you know, what that does against an actual, uh, you know, APIC controller. Uh, there's also the ability to use a simulator that's hosted for you. So there is an always on sandbox for ACI on DevNet, which is also linked on the Nexus code page, which is accessible 24 uh, seven. Now, mind you, there's a bunch of users always interacting with it. So when you log in, it will always look different. So if you want to get proper testing done, there is also a uh, dedicated session you can set up for yourself also through DevNet and it will spin up an ACI simulator for you that you can interact with for five days. Uh, but if you really want something that, you know, sits on prem, you know, your own data center that you manage and you also have the compute resources for, you can deploy that OVA to, uh, to do that instead. Um, uh, continue on this, this line of, um, well, development huh? as, as a user, you develop yourself, you get uh, more and more confident in using these uh, tools uh, and you start using it on your production environment. Uh, like Jim said, you, you can start doing transactional uh, automation, uh, automate the, the, um, the day one tasks that, that occur uh, regularly. But uh, many people uh, might know that uh, Terraform itself uh, keeps state of the environment. So how does that work in a ACI environment that's already in production? Can you use this tooling on a brownfield environment without any fear of breaking stuff that's not provisioned by Terraform? 
So it's a, it's a good question. Uh, so the thing to keep in mind with Terraform is that it expects it expects to own that resource. It's not fire and forget, right? So that means if you create a resource through Terraform, you know you manage that life cycle of that resource through Terraform. And the same is true for Nexus Code, right? If you define a resource in that text file, you own and manage that life cycle of that resource through that text file. You don't go ahead and open the GUI and then you know change things around because the state will then start to deviate and Terraform the next time you run it will figure that out and understand, oh, you've changed something. Let me correct that for you. So first of all, it's an outstanding question. And I can talk to it from a couple of different angles. The, the first, and, and Rob, keep me keep me honest here. The first is that Terraform has this concept of a workspace. And there was really no requirement that an entire ACI fabric be managed in one workspace and one state file. So in terms of how to get started without, uh, you know, e eating the whole elephant, how do we take the first bite? What we see many customers do is defining workspaces specific to resource ownership, um, workspaces specific to a tenant, workspaces specific to um, a set of leaf switches, workspaces specific to some other configuration object that that's the only object they want Terraform to touch. So that way they can scope their initial Terraform deployment in order to make sure that their state managed by Terraform is only part of the ACI fabric. And, and Rob, I know you, you may be uh, you may be cringing right now hearing me say this, so uh, maybe uh, tighten me up a little bit from a technical perspective. No, 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 I, what, you're, what you're saying is spot on. It was actually about the transactions, right? That Michael raised the point as well. And, uh, you know, for sure, it'll, if you have something in place or new resources, you could decide to go down the Nexus code route Right. And you can manage the things that you're used to manage via the GUI, keep managing that way. Now for any new resources that you deploy, maybe for those resources, you want to use this new approach to also get some learning along the way. Right. And then as things progress, you can start migrating things into Nexus code if you like. So our professional services organization is actually able to help you with that. So, you know, besides what we have published on the Nexus code page, there's also, um, you know, an offering from our professional services organization that will take an existing fabric and convert all the configuration that's in there to Nexus S code. Right. So that's that's something that you can uh, think about as well. Now, from a transaction perspective, you know, this is especially where, you know, automation is powerful, because imagine I have a new service or a new server that I want to connect to the infrastructure. And to connect that server, you might have 10 or 15 different changes that you may need to make in the infrastructure. Now, when you follow the CICD example that's on the Nexus code page, it explains to you how you use, um, you know, a Git repository to track these changes all together so that if you want to revert those changes, you have all those, you know, different elements of that transaction grouped together in a single commit ID. And therefore, you're able to distinguish, you know, um, individual transactions from one another and be very picky about what you want to revert or what you want to continue building on. Right. So we explain all of those concepts to you as well on the page. Yeah, the concept of a workspace in Terraform allows for a lot of creativity as to what you want Terraform to control and therefore which workflows specifically day one. Uh, you want to be managed by automation. And again, um, I see the other end of this too. I see some customers that have a single workspace for their entire ACI fabric. And what we're working on in the BU here is a way to tell the market, this is, these are some best practices. This is how we best see ACI being used with Terraform. And in larger fabrics, that's very rarely with one workspace because you get a state file that's so big that a single day one task can take 
hours, depending on the processing power you have in your Terraform platform, uh, the ACI APIC processing capability, uh, and, and co-residency of those changes. So there, there is definitely an art to building your Terraform workspaces to manage an ACI fabric most efficiently. Just pivoting one second to the to the human element of this, right? So obviously Terraform takes a lot of the heavy lift off of knowing what API endpoints to call, how to, you know, sort of get get things in and out of the system, right? But as people are still like learning ACI, because ACI is not something you know you sort of pick up in a weekend, right? It's, nor is AWS or Azure or GC, right? It's 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 a it's a body of knowledge. Can can you talk? just about what skill set like a, a network engineer still needs to know about ACI when you're using like a Terraform library and just sort of like set expectations about, hey, this is what is made easier and this is what you still need to know. I, I, let me start. Uh, I think uh, it, it's a common misconception that Terraform or Ansible simplifies the API of any system. In fact, it does not. Instead, it takes away the details of programming so that you can tickle those APIs with one line of code instead of 100. But knowledge of the domain and knowledge of the system does not go anywhere. And I bring that up because Rob's effort, Rob and team built Nexus's code really to simplify the ACI GUI into something more consumable by a traditional network engineer. So I wanted to set the table with what I hear is a common misconception that, uh, if, well, if you know Terraform, you don't have to know anything about ACI. Or if you know Ansible, you don't have to know anything about ACI or NXOS. That's actually not true. It makes it easier to use those programmatically, but you still need the domain knowledge. Great, thank you. I do have a question, and I'll leave this open for the floor as well, right? So those, and I know Michael, you've you've kind of you know looked. I don't want to say kind of even. You've used it to deploy a whole fabric, so you are familiar with the Nexus code page. Is there something that you feel is missing there? Is there something where you think, okay, this is where we could do some additional work? Um, well, actually, if, if there is anything missing, it's it's probably more due to my lack of, of knowledge of Terraform, because this was my first foray in, in uh, using Terraform. So stuff like the um, the workspace, and I, I also noticed that if you have a lot of changes uh, already in that state file, it, it prog progressively takes longer to process, right? And that's something I... Uh, wasn't really aware of going into this uh, tooling because I was used to uh, using like Ansible, which doesn't really have that kind of state. That uh, so Ansible um, might actually feel quicker. So um, and and maybe I've I've missed that part on on the web page. But like Jim said, that art of managing Terraform. Even though it's it's not really the scope probably of the tool, it is an important part of uh, using this tool as a, a real day to well management platform, right? So it it, uh, it might be very interesting to either uh, have links to how to manage Terraform or include a, a well example of it. Yes, it's a good point, Michael, and uh, we've actually. Uh, a few weeks ago, we added uh, a new section on the page uh, around scaling. Uh, so it explains how to address, um, you know, state management. Uh, if you consider, for example, GitLab or Terraform Cloud for Business, how do you start working with multiple repositories? But just to reiterate what you said, right? So when you do a Terraform plan or a Terraform apply, what happens is that it reads all the state from the controller, right? So it tries to figure out, you know, is everything still 
how I expect things to be, or do I need to make modifications? So that's a graph calculation that happens, and then Terraform will give you an output. For example, I need to change seven resources, or you need to add 10 new resources. And if you have thousands of resources, this operation can start to take time, right? So we give you some guidance in the scaling section as to how you deal with these obstacles that are very fundamental to Terraform. Yeah, great, because I, I didn't yet see those, but that's more because <laughs> I, I probably didn't read the, uh, the page after it was updated. Uh, the, the, the selfish product manager in me wants to take advantage of the industry <laughs> expertise <laughs> that we have on this, uh, on this podcast. And, and the question that I would like to ask is uh, twofold. Uh, what, what, what do you folks see in terms of adoption of automation with ACI uh, and the enterprise, number one? And then number two, what do you think, um, what do you think would be helpful from an industry or from a Cisco or from an ACI perspective to get the customers that you speak with more comfortable with and adopting uh, the automation of an ACI fabric? I'd like to hear from everybody if we could. I, I think for for me, the, the the clients that are doing it are doing it is, is point uh, in in terms of point solutions where it's not fully you know it's not an end to end workflow. But I think what really like makes people adopt it is when they can see the breadcrumb trail of like where they are and what they need to go to right. And I think that like the Nexus is code website like I think it really helps that because it sort of gives you these these bite sized chunks of hey try this and and this is the expected result and then think about it on your own. And I think if Cisco just pushes more of that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I think getting getting um, getting folks to see the value is is really where the the, the special sauce is, and uh, it's you know we're constantly striving to get there and, and what tools we could build to to make sure that it's valuable because if it's not valuable, no one will use it. Some of my experience as an implementation engineer, right? So every time when when I uh, implement a new solution, right? I believe like the uh, document that everyone, every uh, implementation engineer going to look for will be the installation and the configuration guide, right? <laughs> so that will be the detailed steps out to how how achieve each tasks, right? So if if when I look uh, when, when I refer or following those guides, right? If I can see not only the uh, GUI configuration, right? But also how to achieve the same tasks use the automation tool. Mm. I believe that will really help, right? Because yeah. then a, 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 a show me the comparison, right? Yeah. If you want to do it through GUI or if you want to do it through any automation tools. Yeah, Jen, for sure. I think that's a, a part of human nature, right? This is how I do it in the GUI. If you could show me how I did it in the GUI programmatically, I'd be more comfortable that I could translate that, right? From from the yep. GUI to, to something programmatic. That's a great point, Jen. Um, for from my point of view and from my perspective, uh, I think I, I don't know who made the point, but I thought it was really worthwhile to be able to understand how ACI kind of thinks. Uh, or set up, it's really different from what, you know, the traditional CLI jockey thinks of their network and to help to be able to help people translate that uh, paradigm from one to the other, I think will really help uh, folks just in ACI adoption. Um, and then to be able to see these great things uh, that you can do with Terraform or you can do it within the GUI, but you could do it faster in Terraform or you could do it at scale in Terraform. Um, or with uh, with automation, I think would be a really fantastic thing to be able to see. So, um, you know, just being able to to talk to people as they begin their ACI journeys, as this platform is from soup to nuts, all about automation and how to do things um, much more efficiently 
uh, I think would be a fantastic thing to be able to do because a lot of people look at ACI as something totally foreign because the 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 way it thinks about a network is so different from what what folks what traditional uh, network engineering looks like. Yeah, for sure, Michelin. I, I think a lot of that, like if you if you look at the dichotomy between a cloud operations team and a network operations team, I actually um, was was forced to learn the API of Azure before I was introduced to ACI. And so when I saw ACI, it reminded me more of Azure than it did of a traditional network fabric. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing the market sort of transition that way to these API first configuration models that are object-based and that can keep state. And again, from a, just to reiterate, from a strategy perspective and where we see ACI positioned, the on-prem anchor in a, in a hybrid cloud network deployment model is what we're hearing the market tell us that th their main use case is for ACI. So I, I think what you said is, um, is spot on and, and thanks for sharing. We, uh, with, with all the points um, brought up uh, in this, this uh, question, um, I see a lot of customers still a little bit afraid of using uh, automation. Uh, many people tend to say that automation helps you provide uh, a lot of stuff real fast, but it can also help you to uh, destroy a lot of stuff real fast. And uh, having this kind of automation that's um, human readable, like actually human readable without any um, programming knowledge, that is a massive introduction, uh, a massive motivation actually for uh, people to start using automation. It's not so scary anymore. Awesome, yeah, Michael, we see um, there's definitely value in identifying the task and then coming up with the most efficient way to get from the inputs in a ServiceNow ticket to the outputs that you want in a fabric. And an another piece of advice that I give a lot of customers is there is value in documenting those steps. And I call that pseudocode because what you'll find, again, if you, if you ask five engineers what their steps are, you're going to find five different things. And collaboratively, you can get to the most efficient way. That will become your pseudocode. And then that will eventually become what Rob and team have codified into Nexus's code, leveraging a Terraform resource for efficiency and, and for consistency across the fabric. So that's, th thank you for, thank you for sharing there. Okay, well, we covered a lot in today's discussion. Um, Rob and Jim, I just kind of wanted to give you guys an opportunity to cover anything or comment on anything before we close out. Yeah, uh, thanks, Danielle. Uh, for all, for everyone listening here, for the for the panel that we have, this was amazing to hear all this information. Um, as a product manager, this is, uh, this is solid gold data. I, I guess I'll close um, the points I wanted to get across with reiterating the culture of automation. Many times automation strategies are built from the ground up. They start at the individual contributor and they permeate slowly through a team or slowly through a management um, uh, organization. The, the opposite is all, also important. Um, it's important that this stuff comes top down from a tooling perspective and from a culture perspective to be able to give consistency and really give guidance on organizationally, what tools do we wanna use? Do we wanna use Terraform or Ansible? Should we learn a little bit about Python? Do we want to adopt Nexus's code? I think that leadership organizationally can really make the job of the engineer easier because some of the decisions about what to learn in a, in a broad landscape of what they could learn uh, become, become prescriptive and uh, 
with everything else uh, that happens in the life of a network engineer, that can be very helpful. And just to close your remark from my side, uh, I mean, thanks everyone for the interaction and the questions. Michael, it's been great to hear from you that you've actually used it uh, to deploy an ACI fabric. That's super valuable for us to hear as well. Um, and you know, if you've been listening to this and you thought, well, that might be something for me, I'm curious, just go to the Nexus code page and take a look at the simple example. It's really easy to follow. It's, it's very prescriptive. We explain you step-by-step step what you need to do. All right. Thank you, guys. That's another great episode on the books. To our listeners, if you want to continue your learning on today's topic, you can check out the resources provided in the show notes below. And this is your weekly reminder. You can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week.